0: Good evening, everyone. I want to thank you for uh, joining together tonight to worship the Lord. Tonight I'm going to bring you a uh, sermon entitled, Facing the Truth. When we are confronted with God's expectations of us, we find in the Bible, can often make us want to hide from Him. In truth, we are sinful people. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 reads, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But some don't want to face the truth. And though they should be ashamed of their sins, they either ignore their condition, ignore God, or just don't care. But our instinct should be to recognize our sinful nature and be ashamed before God because of it. In the earliest account of man, we find Adam and Eve hiding from God because they did something wrong. Turn would be pleased to Genesis chapter 3, We'll read verses 1 through 13. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. Now up to this point, we have to remember that Adam and Eve had been perfectly obedient, living in the garden according to God's commandments. So let's read what happens in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, As God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. <clears throat> they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, and the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman who you gave me to be with, she gave me from the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. You know, we all want to be able to have a relationship with God and, and Adam and Eve had a, a good relationship with God up until the point where their desires led them astray. They were led astray by the serpent who told them some things and, and they believed it. You could tell by Eve's language that she believed what the serpent said. The things that the serpent said to her, then became facts. that She, she, she um, made the statement that the tree would make her wise, and that's what the serpent told her. Um, and so she took what he said as truth, and so she was led astray because she wanted what the serpent was telling her that she could have by eating of that tree. And we all sometimes can be led away by our own desires. Um, Adam and Eve were deceived into believing that the world had something more to offer than what God had blessed them with. We are told the same types of lies by people in the world today. We are told that there are other ways of making life worthwhile than following God and what he has planned for us. But this is the same sort of lie that the serpent told Eve. When we follow our own desires rather than the will of God, it only leads to failure. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, it reads, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. We do have desires that are opposed to the will of God, and many people live their lives unconcerned about it. They either ignore what the Bible says about it, or turn away from God altogether. Some will even deny his existence in order to live a life free from God and the presence of God and the things that God would have us to do. Some will even read the Bible and see what it says, but still manage to put it out of their minds as they live their lives. The Bible addresses this in James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. Let's read that together. James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. If we face the truth and truly look into what it says through God's word, we will be affected by it. We'll feel the shame and humility that we should feel. We won't just read the Bible, see what it says, and then go and, um, and do our own will, do our own uh, thing, and do our live our lives the way that we want to. We'll follow those things that God tells us to do. When I lived in Fresno, um, I used to ride around on my bicycle a lot, and I'd uh, ride around with my brother and, and uh, two friends that we had. And we were riding by my school one time, and we saw uh, some firemen out there and a couple of police officers, and they waved us over. You know, hey, you guys come here. And we came over there and said, hey, you guys want to be in a commercial? And we thought, yeah, sure. We were real excited about it. We were, uh, you know, really happy. And they said, well, uh, go and chain your bikes up to the, the fence and we're going to do a commercial. We want you guys to just, uh, come walking up behind us as we're talking, go over, unchain your, your bikes and then just kind of ride away. So we thought, okay, great. So we, we stood in the background and they started filming this commercial. And the commercial was about uh, bicycle rules and these new laws that they were coming out, safety rules and all these things that you should have on your bikes. And, and uh, you know, the things that they were going to be looking for. And you can get like a fine if you weren't following these rules or whatever. And so we start uh, they, they uh, start filming. And the police officer is standing there and he starts naming off these things that you're supposed to have on your bikes. And we're walking up behind him. And as we're going about to our bikes, we realized that every single thing that we, that he said that we should have on our bikes, we did not have on our bikes. And as we got to our bikes and we unchained them and we started riding away, fear came upon us because we realized we were out of compliance. And so we start riding away and they, they, uh, the cameraman yelled cut. And so they started calling us to come back because they needed to do another take. We just kept riding on off and we didn't go back because we were afraid. Um, you now, the thing of that is that, you know, we heard what the rules were. We heard what the law was and we were affected by it. We knew that we weren't in compliance. But the thing that we did wrong is we ran away. You know, uh, the, that's the mistake that we made is we just kept going. We were afraid to face the law. What we probably should have done is to come back and, and admit, you know, confess to the, the police officer and the fireman, you know, our bikes aren't up to compliance. We, we know this is something you expect. What can we do to get our bikes into compliance? But we didn't do that. We, um, we were so ashamed and, and so afraid that, that we just uh, ran away. And we didn't want to be bothered by modifying our bikes either. Uh, we would rather just ride around and hope that we never got caught. And that's what we did. I don't ever remember going and trying to get my bike up to compliance. And, you know, um, isn't that how some of us live our lives? You know, um, we go about and, and just focus on ourselves and what we want and hope that one day we won't have to answer to God. Then there's others who will worship God in their own way ignoring the directions that they get from the Bible, and they walk around in self-righteousness, but without the righteousness of God. Let's look at that model. It's in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. The Bible reads, He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous, and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, will not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Don't be afraid to turn to God and ask for his help. He is the only one who can help us. Don't be afraid to approach God in your condition. He can help us. Running away from God does not fix our problems. When we rode away, it was up to us to go and get help to get our bikes fixed, but we didn't do that. We never did that. But you know, you can't hide from the law. We were able to hide uh, our bikes, but we can't hide our lives from God. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13 read this. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight For all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him whom we have to do. God knows everything about us. The condition of Adam and Eve is a true comparison because we are naked before God. Nothing is hidden from him. And we will have to come before him and be judged for all of it. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verses 13 and 14 read this way. The conclusion when all has been heard is... Fear God and keep his commandments, because this applies to every person. For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. One of the joys of being a parent is uh, finding out what your kids are up to when they have no idea how you found out. The looks on their faces are priceless as they try to figure out if dad and mom have a hidden camera or superpowers Or how else they found out that we ate some cake without permission when a big chunk of cake is missing and we have chocolate on our faces? Of course, dad and mom don't have superpowers, but God does. But we shouldn't live our lives trying not to be caught. We need to make an honest evaluation of ourselves through God's word and then do something about it. Let's look at the example of the prodigal son found in Luke chapter 15, and we'll read verses 11 through 32. Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. The Bible reads, And he said, A man had two sons. The younger then said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them, and not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together, and went on a journey into a distant country, and there he squanders his estate with loose living. This is us when we decide to take what blessings that God has given us in this life and completely focus on ourselves and what we want without regard to our God and what he commands of us. This prodigal son took what he was blessed with and left his father. He didn't want his father's input or values influencing what he was going to do with his inheritance and so he left his father's home. Some people do that with God. Everything good in this life comes from God. James chapter 1, verse 17 reads, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. We all have the choice to take what God has blessed us with and use it without regard to him or his wishes. But what will happen to us if we do that? Let's read on starting at verse 14. Now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving anything to him. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? but I am dying here with hunger. The prodigal son realized that his inheritance was temporary and that he was better off in his father's care. He realized that even the servants in his father's care were better off than he was being away from his father. The lesson in this is that we are better as the lowest person in the kingdom of God than anyone who will be who is outside of the kingdom because all things outside of the kingdom will come to an end while the things of the kingdom will endure forever. Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 and 20 read, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. And So let's see what the prodigal son does with this revelation. Starting in verse 18. I will get up and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf, kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found, and they began to celebrate. The prodigal son humbled himself and returned to his father, ready to take the lowest position just to live under the father's roof again. But the father lifted up his son and treated him like royalty. He welcomed his son home with open arms and forgave everything, because his son had humbled himself and returned home. And that's what God wants from us. He wants us to take an honest look at ourselves and to repent. He wants us to realize our condition and to do something to fix it. How should we respond? I was, uh... At a track meet one time, and uh, I had a friend who ran with me. And this one day, uh, actually, my mom and dad had come out, and this would be their first time meeting him. And his mom and dad also came out, and it was, their, it was their first time meeting me. So all four of our parents were sitting behind us in the stands, and we were sitting right down in front of them. And we had our sweatpants on and, and the, uh, well, I had my track clothes on under it. He didn't have his track clothes under it because uh, he wasn't running that day. So um I went down and ran my race and came back up and sat down next to my friend. And uh next thing I know, here comes the coach coming up the stairs. And he looks at my friend and points at him. And he says, uh, hey, uh, uh, I need you to run in this race down here. Can you do it? Can you uh, replace one of the runners? So he said, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. So um he uh started to to go down, you know, took off his his, uh, sweats and started going down the stairs. About halfway down the stairs, I hear all these people laughing and pointing as my friends going down the stairs. He had taken off his sweatpants and forgot that he didn't have his track uniform on underneath it. He got about halfway down the stairs. Now, he realized his condition and came running back up and put his sweatpants back on. So here we have a good example of how we should respond when we realize our condition. We should do something about it immediately. Remember what Ananias said to Paul when Paul was making the account of when he was baptized? In Acts chapter 22, verse 16, Ananias said to Paul, Now why do you delay? Get up and be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on his name. According to Acts chapter 2, verse 38, God has provided baptism, as a way to have our sins forgiven. On that day, the people heard the preaching of Peter, realized their condition, and decided to do something about it immediately. Turn with me, please. Acts chapter two, we'll read verses 37 through 42. Now, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, repent. And each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. And with many other words he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. So then those who had received his word were baptized, and that day were added about three thousand souls. They were continuing, continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Notice that they didn't just respond, get baptized, and go right back to what they were doing before. They continued in the apostles' teaching and had fellowship with one another. That is true repentance. Not just responding to baptism for the forgiveness of sins, but changing our way of life to do our best to live according to the Lord's wishes. And the best way to do that is to study God's word and have fellowship with fellow Christians who will encourage us. And so, face the truth. Look into God's word. Realize your condition. We are sinful people who desperately need the forgiveness that we find in Jesus Christ. John chapter 8 verse 32 reads, And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Turn to God and take on Jesus through baptism and allow his blood to wash away your sins. If you would like to respond to baptism, let us know. You can contact us through our website, truthseekers.org, or if you know anyone here, please make your wishes known. You can also send a chat to me or anyone through this WebEx session. You can do the same if you have any prayer requests. Let's now have a song of invitation.